0: Honest, open, and vulnerable may contain adult language and material that is not suitable for listeners under 18. This is a stream of consciousness podcast that delves into an eclectic mix of topics. Audience discretion is advised. You are listening to episode 126 of Honest, Open, and Vulnerable.
1: I am Matthew.
2: I'm Scarlett.
1: And I am Ryan. We definitely appreciate all of your feedback. Um, easy way to... Uh, you can also uh, participate in the show. Uh, easy way to do that is post a comment on our website, hovpodcast.net. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash honest open vulnerable. And you can follow me on Instagram. Instagram at Colonel Underscore Tux. That's K E R N E L Underscore T U uh, X.
2: You can find us on Instagram at H O V Podcast. Uh, you can find my blog uh, at uh, InScarletStorm.wordpress.com, and you can find me on Instagram at the Fuchsia Lady. That's T H E F U C H I A L A D Y.
0: You can also send an. Email to us at the following address, HOVpodcast at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail at the following number, 231-846-8420. And you can follow me on Instagram, at Matthew Scribbles. And we are coming to you on this very snowy recording session from Dorktacular Studio. Gr- granted,
1: it is not snowing in the studio, but <laughs> <laughs> it is it is snowing while we are recording this outside the studio that's dorktacular recording. studio today. we're not recording
2: outside the studio so yeah okay
1: well anyway um so st- <laughs> so aside from being dorks we start start the episode with a mom- with our moments of squee so uh what do you have scarlet
2: um a couple things um we attended uh, Ryan's brother's wedding, um, right. and that was really nice. It was really good to see them. If if you, um, there are a few people in this world who really, honestly, you can look at them and just know they're soulmates and they belong together. But the bride and groom definitely fit that. Um, they fit that criteria, I guess. So it was just fun. I was just, I was happy to be a part of it. Just, um, it was just really, it was a beautiful wedding, beautiful. It was a nice weekend. It was just really nice. I would say that would be my moment of squee. My other moment of squee is, um, my friend, Michelle, hi, Michelle, um, is, uh, going on this 3000 mile odyssey on her, um, with her little, um, RV and she's going to go all over the place. And she had to, um, she's supposed to leave, um, earlier this month and she had to postpone because she got sick. So, um, she's, um, here a little extra time. And I got to have lunch with her yesterday. And then we got to go see, um, our friend Ann perform in a chamber music concert, um, doing, um, Celtic or Celtic, uh, music. So that was a lot of fun just to be able to go and do that. That was something different. And, um, yeah, so those are my two moments of squee. And what about you, Matthew?
0: The month of November is upon us, (laughs) which means that as of November 10th, which as of today, which would have been yesterday in regards to our recording, I celebrated my 15th nanoversary for National Novel Writing Month. I've been doing this crazy thing since 2003, so it's a long time. Thank you. Thank you. thank No, thank you. You especially. <laughs> I've been doing this for a long time. Uh, I have succeeded with the uh, National Novel Writing Month effort seven times in the 15 years I've been doing it. I have fallen short of the goal Eight Of those years, so this year hopefully will be number eight in the win column. The huh. way that my story is going, it that's up for debate, but it's only you know, we're still very early on in this uh, in this progress, uh, in the progress for this story, so it's uh, it's been a challenge, but it's been a fun challenge. It's reminded me of why I enjoy. Writing, why I enjoy telling stories, why I enjoy writing fiction, and I push myself to do so many different genres throughout so many years. I've I've been doing this, coming up with different characters and their their story arcs, their trials, their struggles, and my own struggles outside of those stories to try and tell their story, and then of course try to live a somewhat. Uh, I won't say normal, but at least a a passable uh, living throughout the month of November. Because when you try to write a 50,000-word story in 30 days, uh, you tend not to see your friends. You tend not to call your family. You tend to uh, (laughs) neglect your chores. uh, You tend to uh, forget you have food in the fridge. And (laughs) you kind of have to have that singular vision and focus to make the time to invest in bringing these characters to life. You get to meet a bunch of different writers from all walks of life that are essentially walking arm in arm with you as they are on their journey to breathe life into their stories and into their characters. And you, you see exactly just how creative the human mind can really be when they try to share a story of whether it's love, whether it's revenge, whether it's uh, conquest, fear, horror, you name it. Uh, And and just one of the ways that we can create. This is just a fantastic month to just embrace creativity. So putting this on top of everything that I'm doing with uh, my new job, of course, and learning more of what I'm doing with that, my burgundy rainbow responsibilities and then my creativity on Instagram, I'm doing a lot of heavy investment in just overall brain power. And you got your, your lot, your logic stuff of which I'm doing with my job, you know, make sure that, you know, uh, you're using as Brian Regan, the comic would say, I'm using numbers and stuff. <laughs> and then in your in the uh in my creative stuff with burgundy rainbow and now with national novel writing month NaNoWriMo, telling stories being able to tell the story of what my characters are doing in this 50,000 word odyssey that seems to be the uh, phrase of the day odyssey um uh, <laughs> or trying to recap a story with uh, the trials and exploits of the local area hockey team in Then there's the the Instagram stuff, which uh, I I've kind of let my monthly theme get away from me because I'm not exactly sure what the monthly theme is or was for October,
2: <laughs> and I do, I didn't know what
0: I didn't know what it what it would turn into, and I sure don't know what it's turned into now for November, and I have to shake my head because I thought I was I thought I was done with certain elements that keep coming back into my work, <laughs> but. For whatever reason, people love the racy stuff, and I guess since, uh, in true, honest, and open, honest, open, and vulnerable fashion, uh, it's kind of fun to write. So, <laughs> uh, that's that's that. So, to bring it full circle, uh, my moment of squee is National Novel Writing Month is here. I've spent 15 years doing it, <laughs> and here's to 15 years and more of more storytelling. So <laughs> moment of squee, there it is. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I, I have two, two as well. Um, I share scar one, one of Scarlet's and that was my brother's wedding. Um, I kind of had uh, slightly mixed feelings about, you know, watching my, uh, watching my younger brother get married because <laughs> in, in some ways he's still, he's still that, uh, kid, uh, that I, uh, from, uh, you know, when I took a black and white picture of him in the back, in the backyard for when he was graduating grade school <laughs> and, you know, and just neck, neck, neck deep in in Legos. And you know, so, um, it's, it's been, it's been very in- interesting kind of wat- watching hit watching, um, his traje- trajectory as he, as he kind of went from there. So, but I mean, it wasn't, you know, not like, bittersweet it was just like you know just different anyway um the <laughs> the other one was i i've launched my uh travel channel on youtube um it's called colonel tux travels and i i recorded my first uh, official tr- well i first well uh I did a travel vlog for when we uh, went, went to the wedding, because um, it was a place I hadn't been to, So, <laughs> but uh, I, I'm not quite sure how good it was, Be the... video uh the the travel vlog was because I would this this was a situation and was not a situation in which I was in control of the timeline so I was like okay what am I gonna be able to record okay I can record this all right (laughs) that's going in there all right I'll just do a piece here and do a wrap-up piece and call it good I guess okay (laughs) so so that so that was my uh, and um well, I, I had already, uh, I had previously, uh, I had, there were like four other videos that, uh, I, re- that I had previously created, but, uh, I put, and I actually got like a real nice response, response from them. So, um, so that, uh, it was kind of part, part of this that, um, people actually watched the, the, the videos I'm talking about were the, uh, I moved over, I, I, uh, up i posted the uh the three the daily vlogs we did at denver denver comic-con and the uh i did a did one where i was traveling on the denver light rail that was er earlier in the spring so the and you know i got nice responses from all of those and i'm like really because <laughs> th- you know i have better i have better equipment now um it, it looks and sounds better you you like that stuff <laughs> but but anyway so that so that um so so the so those are my mo- moments of squee so uh um, hey, before we uh before
0: we uh, continue i got one more okay uh it's good to see you both I missed the last show. Yeah, it so. it, it has it
1: has been uh since you've been been in the studio.
0: So yeah, I missed episode one twenty five. I was doing family stuff of my own, so uh, I missed out on the conversation for uh, episode one twenty five. And it's been a little while since I've been back here around the podcast uh, table with everybody. So my moment of squee is it's good to be here recording with uh with my friends again.
2: We miss you too because yeah. we don't flow as good when you're not here. I think we work better as a team.
1: And, and, and I'm, sh- I'm sure wonderful listeners can tell the difference as well. <laughs> HOVPodcast at gmail.com. You can leave us a, uh, <laughs> leave us a comment about that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we have a couple of topics that I think uh, we're going to get uh, very diff- differing uh, op- opinions on, or thoughts and opinions. And this fir- first one was uh, that I want to talk about um, IBM's acquisition of Red Hat for thirty-four billion dollars. Which is which is the largest acquisition of a soft of a software uh, company. Like, period. And I'm I'm very much the Linux nerd in the in the group, um, but I want I would, I'd like to hear from both Scarlett and Ma- and Matthew what their uh, th- thoughts are on this.
0: As we both look at each other, <laughs> who's going to go first? So I'll, I'll ask the first question. Okay. Uh, for those of us that aren't as technically savvy, what is Red Hat? Yeah.
1: Um, Red Hat is an enterprise uh, services com- company they uh, they pr- provide the uh, the ser- the uh, support for uh, ser- servers on uh, for enterprises okay and they and they use, and they're they're one of the lo- uh, longest running uh, distributions of Linux okay how long have they been around for Uh f- like 94 95 something they, they they came i i don't don't quote me on that <laughs> I, i'm okay. just ballparking it but they've been in the game for, for a, while. a while yeah so this acquisition by ibm why is
0: why is it significant in the uh, tech industry right now
1: um because be, um okay so just to give some contextual uh information here the I, I think that the only um, the the only uh, intellectual uh, property that Red Hat actually owns is the logo, the red fedora, the, the and the name the names red Red Hat, Red Hat Enterprise Linux, and R H E L. Although well, I, I think all of those are trade or simply you know trademarks. Okay. Um, all of the software that they actually. Distribute and support is open source. Oh, okay. So nut so. There's no proprietary software whatsoever. Um, if you, they have a community re- release that doesn't. Because if you want to use Red Hat proper, you have to sign up for a service contract. But they have like community releases where you're essentially using Red Hat. Without actually officially using Red Hat, because you get the same you get the same experience as far as the package manager and maintaining the system and that and that kind of thing.
0: Okay, so it would be like paying. It would be like a a certain brand of headache medicine, let's say, that's branded by a certain company, and it and then you have a generic store brand of that exact same medicine that people are still allowed to use. It's still the same formula, still gets the same results. But it's uh, it doesn't have the brand name, right? Okay,
1: right.
2: And then you're also you're getting the you're getting the uh, the backup.
1: Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're getting get,
2: yeah. all the you're getting all the support behind that. Right.
1: So. So again, there's there's no like you know Red Hat you know spe- specialized Red Hat experience that you know you don't get like a super secret ver- version of Linux just because it's coming from specifically Red Hat. Everything every it's, all of all of the software that they support and and provide their their clients is is. Uh, uh, Licensed by the G- with the, the G- GPL, so ju- you you can use all the same exact software without actually going through Red Hat. So the real value that Red Hat has is its developers, its peop- the the people mm-hmm. in the company. So, um,
2: which makes it makes it makes it more significant for IBM, who also kind of is known for their brand, so to speak. Um, kind of coming together as a merger, almost with that. So you're getting the name, you're getting the support, you're getting the you're getting the benefit of the the brand, so to speak. Right,
1: and and IBM's in more in more countries than mm-hmm. operates in more countries than uh, than Red Hat does, and so uh, the the this would. Um, so, so I think it's good for, um, on both sides. Now I, I kind of I went from I I was of two minds uh, when I heard, when I first heard this I was like oh shit uh, all right so this is the first domino that falls <laughs> because for quite a while it it's you know Linux has been kind of the the under underdog renegade you know that the the anti-establishment you know it's like screw screw you guys we're gonna give people all kind you know we're gonna do this weird this weird thing and you know even do it you know find ways to do it better and you know and now you know I, ibm which has been around since like 1918 ish some somewhere in there <laughs> since the early 1900s um it's very much you know kind of to me, it's like one of the pillars of "quote unquote" corp- corporate America, or whatever. And also, I was still kind of reeling from uh, Microsoft's purchase of GitHub, <laughs> which that's a totally separate issue. But then I then I then I did some research. So IBM actually started uh, contributing to the Linux kernel in 1998 and i i looked i looked up okay linux timeline 1998 and there and i, I found a site that that actually show, shows like all of the news headlines involving linux from 1998 <laughs> i love the internet <laughs> and ibm was was in there a, no, a number of times there there were actually less less than a handful of companies that that were most most of it was like, hey, there, GIMP 1.0 has been released, or something, you know, something like that. But, um, my, the, well, Microsoft was in there quite a bit. Um, um, well, uh, but th- this was uh, back in their lin- Linux is a cancer days, <laughs> and the and the, one, one well anyway, but uh, here here IBM was listed a number of times of like contributing like to like major, uh, major open source projects. And there aren't, and there, there are a few others that have, you know, since been swallowed up by, you know, Oracle or, or, or other bigger, like Sun microsystems was listed in there a couple of times, but There, there aren't that many companies that can say that they were in on Linux since nineteen ninety eight, and what I also, I also, um, they they were the IBM was the one um, at in two thousand seven the Linux Foundation kind of created created like a tiered like membership system. And the and with the top top one being uh, platinum, and in order to do that, you have to you have to uh, give them five hundred thousand dollars a year. And IBM was the first one, hmm. and they I, uh, they have a IBM set up a website that uh, that lists all of the projects that they're current that open source projects that they're currently a part of. And so I have, I've, I've, have, I've had a lot of difficulty finding a finding another company that has been involved in open source for as long as they have, and and and. Uh, and has contributed as much code as they, as they have. I think, I think I, i again, don't quote me on this, but I am pretty sure that IBM and Red Hat to get together have combined, have, or, or have combined, like they're, they're up, they're up there as far as how much code they've contributed to the kernel. And so my, one one reason why for my initial response was like oh, shit. Here's the first domino that falls, was I was thinking about the projects outside Red Hat that Red Hat employees have worked on. Because um, I'm one one there's a major desktop envir- environment that pe- people that people in you know are being paid by Red Hat to work on. Um, there, there's another one that we're using, using now, uh, to rec- record, record this, uh, p- podcast, um, uh, pulse, pulse audio. And, you know, there, there's a, there's a number of, of others that are, you, you know, they don't have a graphical, um, el- element, but they're very, they're very, uh, central to us creating the show. And my my thought my and it's like okay so what hap- so now you know what's IBM going to do with Red Hat what I mean are they what what happens with all these projects that I that I depend on that Red Hat is paying paying people to support <laughs> you know and I, I, again I thought oh great is this going to be like you know embrace extend exceed? but you know looking through IBM's history they're well aware of the actual va- actual value that Red Hat provides and i think that if if IBM kind of makes it so that the people working in Red Hat no longer want to work in Red Hat because they can they don't in order to support this software they don't have to work for Red Hat because it's it's open source they can ju- you know they can find other other ways to support it So I don't, I don't, I I think that, I mean, again, we're, we're very early here. I mean, that's because it was announced like a little, like maybe two weeks ago or so, maybe, (laughs) but, uh, I mean a lot of it still has to go through a review process and everything and that's going to that's going to take a while but I uh, my my thoughts is that IBM is just going to let Red Hat do do their do their thing and and collect on on the money so um, Well
2: and for the amount of money that they spent acquiring oh, oh yeah. Red Hat it's almost like that's an investment for them and they want it to succeed so they're going to do what they can do to help those that are already working that project or with those projects rather. (laughs) So IBM, if it would, I feel better about IBM than if it was Microsoft. Yeah. If it was Microsoft, I've, they would run it into the ground. I feel, um, IBM, I have a little more confidence in, I guess, and I've used Red Hat and I, you know, I know what it can do, and I know what it does, and I know the value of it. And I'm glad that it's actually getting some financing because maybe they're going to expand those open source um, projects. And just, you know, I, I think that there's more good than bad that is going to come of it. But time will tell because mm-hmm. none of us really know until it happens. and But um, I think it'll be a good thing. But I knew that's what's going to be your reaction when I heard when I heard about it on NPR because that's where I get all my news. It seems because I I live in my car, so <laughs> that's why I listen to so much NPR.
0: Not literally, <laughs> no,
2: no. But I spend a hell of a lot of time in it, and uh, when I heard about it, I was like, Ryan's going to roll his eyes at this. He's not going to be happy. But I'm glad he did some. I'm glad you went and did some additional research. Because research is power. Knowledge is power.
1: Yeah.
0: And it, it seems just based on what we know at this point that if the position that IBM is taking is going to be, we're going to provide this financial capital. That sounds like what they're doing. And Red Hat is going to just be left to their own devices, but they'll have that. Blue chip, uh, name brand, <laughs> which is what IBM is. It's a blue chip stock. Yeah. Um,
1: oh, I, th- I thought you were. Uh, I thought you were referencing the color of their logo. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> and then the chippy computer. Thoractacular <laughs> <yeah. laughs> Studio represent. <laughs> uh, so Red Hat with a blue chip, and uh, all we're missing is what yellow tag,
2: <laughs>
0: or something. Uh, if IBM is going to be hands off, but they're just going to have that that financial capital and name branding because IBM is still a very di- distinguished mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. reputation brand in the world of uh, computers and uh, IT, uh, having that association with your brand can really go a long way and for those that are big proponents of open source i can and as you did with the research you you did with uh, going into the wayback machine and seeing exactly how far <laughs> back ibm was involved with this proponents of uh open source projects like this i think would have a lot would be able to breathe a little bit of a sigh of relief and they would feel more comfortable knowing that uh, there are bigger uh, institutions such as an IBM that can see the value in open source and also recognize that that value can be equally as effective when it, it can partner up with somebody but still maintain its original vision.
1: hmm So, yeah. <laughs> but um yeah, I just totally lost my train of thought there, <laughs> but it was just it derailed. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but, but but yeah, I po- I posted uh, a com- comment on uh on uh, a uh on an article that I saw on on LinkedIn about this and I and I fin- finished it off with uh the uh the the bash command to move, move uh, the text file uh, Linux is a cancer to dev slash null, which is deleting it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, because I mean this, I mean I, I mean the because in in some in some way I'm after all the research and after look, looking into this, uh, I you know I I had a thought is like you know what Linux won. Take that Microsoft Linux won. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so so Dork Okay. Show title.
0: So if you're a dork, a
1: spaz or a geek, <laughs> stand up and be heard. Don't be meek. <laughs> But anyway, uh, spe- speaking uh, spe- speaking of uh, en- enterprise uh, ser- services, uh, we're gonna uh, talk about Star Trek. S-
2: <laughs> no. No, 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 not those kind of services,
1: no. not that kind of enterprise. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> no, no. But uh, well, that was just a bad, really bad segue. But um, <laughs> into into another topic that I t- I. I t- we we saw a little more eye to eye in, in this Red Hat thing than I than I thought. It's just I. Uh, anyway, um, I don't think we're th- that's going to be the, the case in this coming one. Which um, no <laughs>
2: no. Which I,
1: I I'd like I'd like to kind of talk about the growth and kind of talk about you know potential uh, credibility of uh, or lack thereof of uh, esports. And just just like every other uh, digital content creator, I'll look look up a definition of eSports on Wikipedia.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, give a good definition.
1: Yeah. So it is a form of competition using video games. Most commonly, eSports takes the form of organized multiplayer video game competitions, particularly between professional players. Although organized online and offline competitions have long been a part of video game culture, these were largely between amateurs until late 2000s, when participation by... Professional gamers and spectatorship in these events through live streaming saw a large surge of popularity. By the 2010s, esports was a significant factor in the video game industry, with many game developers actively uh, designing towards a professional esports subculture. And a lot of the uh, more popular ones are multi multiplayer online battle arenas where there you know there's actual team teams in- involved. And uh, that uh, it, it's not just like one one v one or, or so there. Um, and there's ac- and actually in uh, uh, um, re- uh, how rec- I'm not sure how recent it was, but just in just in the past few years, uh, ESPN actually mm-hmm. purchased Twitch. Which which a major part uh, I, I'd, I'd say the vast majority of the content on Twitch is live live game streaming. so and right. and in October of 2017, it was uh, j- proposed to the interlo- I almost said intergalactic, but I, <laughs> we're not quite there yet. <laughs> Inter- Empire? Oh <laughs> no. no now the international olympic committee to to, to incorporate e- e-, e e sports which so let's we'll get there i yes, think yeah so so <laughs> i so now that the gra- the we've kind of set the uh kind of set, set the up, table. set the table here um i figured we go around, go around the our literal table <laughs> <laughs> and kind of see as far as where we're at in like gaming and everything, so we're start with Scarlet.
2: <laughs> I'm not a gamer, and it's not because... Well, actually, that's not even true. I have been playing games b- more lately, but I don't do the multiplayer games. Um, I, I'm doing one on my phone right now, which is basically choose your own adventure. Um, just because it's a creative way to you know, Hey, make choices, make, you know, it's just good. It's just a good way to, um, focus my brain somewhere. Um, and then I'm playing another one where it's, it's kind of interesting because there's a story, but then you have to break all these codes and basically it's a little Tetris like game. And once you break that, then the story continues. And I've been so the story has been suspended for me for probably two months now because I'm trying to play all these little Tetris like games. But, um, again, it's somewhere to put my focus. So I'm not anti, and I love pinball. So I'm not, I'm not, and I like video games, so I'm not anti gaming, but the,
1: you're, you're a much more casual player. I I'm think. a much
2: more casual. I'm not militant. Now, if you're really into it, I think that's you're gonna get, yeah. Matt is gonna give you a whole <laughs> other perspective. Yeah. Um, but I'm not I'm not anti-gaming. Let's get that straight. But making it an Olympic sport is a little out there. I think that they need to have their own Olympic style tournament tournament type things. And they have that. They have that. And I just think that there's an arena for that, but it's a specialized arena, and it needs to stay specialized. They had one, um, now, unfortunately, it was amidst a big tragedy this summer, um, where they were having a Madden football
1: Oh, I heard about
2: this. Tournament. Yeah, I thought that that was a really cool idea. If you're really into that particular game and you're really, you know, you have your own little tournament. They've been playing it for years and, you know, so I think that there's a niche for it, but I don't think it's for everybody. I just don't think it's for everybody. And that's where my objection comes that don't subject everybody something that they're not going to enjoy. Although the Olympic games, you have it all grouped where you don't, if you're, if you're into figure skating, you can watch figure skating. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're into curling, you can watch curling. You can, you can pick and choose your events. And I think that this could definitely be a niche, but not, it's not going to be for everybody. That's just my...
1: Well, neither is the Olympics, for that matter.
2: (laughs) And then you're looking at Olympic sports. You're looking at the one that really gets me is they're trying to do indoor skydiving as an Olympic sport. Um, That one is something that I'm going, huh? Yeah. Um, So, um, you know, so there are, but hey, there's a niche for it. There's there's people who are going to enjoy watching that. There are going to be people. The youngest, the 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 most, um, the highest up in that particular arena right now is a young child. It's nine or 10 years old. So, you know, there's definitely a niche for it. I'm not saying, you know, and and I'm not, I'm not anti-gaming. It's just, it's not going to be for everybody. And I'm one of those that you, I walked in the other day and Ryan has a tournament on and I'm, and I'm just sitting there and I, now I will say earlier this year, we also watched a tournament. We watched a good portion of that tournament, and I actually got into it, where it was actually kind of, inter- you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I was rooting for, I know,
1: I know which one you yeah, were talking about. Yeah. yeah.
2: So it, I'm not saying I, again, I'm not anti-gaming. It's just, it's not going to be for everybody all the time. I walked in the other day, and Ryan's got something on it. And I just sat there for about 10 minutes, and I went, I don't get it. <laughs> So well there was
1: there's a lot to it. So anyway. And there is. We'll get and I that. think I
2: think if you start at the beginning and follow something, you're gonna be much more invested than if you just come in mm-hmm. in the middle, which I feel like the if it's an Olympic thing, you're going to have more of those people going, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. So um that's kind of my two cents. Now, somebody who's really into it is going to have a totally different opinion. I can tell Matt is looking at me with daggers right now. So, what's your opinion?
0: These are not daggers. No, I'll, I'll make I'll I'll get that cl- I'll make that perfectly clear because when it comes to esports, uh, there's this is a this is something that's still relatively new. But as Scarlett said, it's not for everyone, and esports are not for me because these types of games that are being played and having professional professional and i kind of struggle a little bit with that term professional in regards to esports. uh well you profe- can be,
1: professional in the sense that they're getting they're yeah, it's getting their money livelihood. They're, they're getting money <laughs> it's their livelihood and
0: that's fine but uh let me let me back up a minute here so uh it's it's one thing to say that this is a profession and that's fine. There is something, there's and I and I agree with what Scarlett said that that there's a niche for it. This is uh something that I see I, we've seen a lot of investment in as Scarlett mentioned the uh the ESPN deal with uh with Twitch. Uh even uh even a Stan Kroenke, who owns a couple of different sports, professional sport teams. Uh, I'm actually wearing the emblem of one of his teams <laughs> on my head right now. Uh, now that I say that, uh, he invested in. He's invested heavily in esports. So, but for me, it's like this is this is now another avenue for, for of of revenue. This is another ad rep, you know, re- revenue generator here. If people want to uh, throw their hats into the ring and you know, follow this wave, that's fine. It's not for me. I my level of gaming does not follow the same track as this does. It doesn't mean that mine is any more legitimate than theirs just because that, you know, you know, grew up in the era of the arcade room. And the and the people that are doing it now grew up in the era of online gaming. Yeah. So it's neither good nor bad. It's just different. And I guess if one of the differences that is very clear in this is that they're getting paid to play this game, much like athletes are paid to to mm-hmm. be the best at their chosen sporting profession. Whether it's you know football, hockey, basketball, uh, jockeys—it's—it's uh, it's a profession. It's a way of—it's a way of life. So, uh, I, I think there's a stigma that it's because it's a video game, it can't be taken seriously as a as a career path. And I struggle mightily with that because, yeah, you you can. It, because it's happening right now you can join mm-hmm. a professional eSports league but like with a professional you know a professional athlete that is a very small percentage mm-hmm. of the population right. that can make that dream a reality and if if someone's dream is to become a professional eSports player uh to use a technical term, save your progress. (laughs) Because you never know when Mm -hmm. something's going to happen and you have life force its own circumstances on you. Yep. So, uh, I think this is something that, if left unchecked, can probably proliferate and grow a little too quickly than it's ready for.
1: Oh, yeah. A Mm -hmm. big bubble. Yeah.
0: And... I'll I'll point to uh, the proliferation of the World Series of Poker and tournaments like that
1: because those were
0: really, really big about Mm 10-ish years ago. And they're still big now, but the proliferation and the desire to become a professional card player, I think that's rapidly dovetailed Mm -hmm. in recent years. I it's know. more of an
2: amateur. It's more of an amateur sport now. I, I if you I, even want to call it a sport, <laughs> I would not. Call,
0: I would not. Idiot. I would not call card playing a sport. No, but I also would not call esports a sport either.
1: No, no. I would. I, I would. I would definitely say it's a competition, but I wouldn't say it's a sport. Exactly. It's. It's a because it's you a,
2: don't. It's not. You're not. There's not a set. There's not a standard of uh, qualifications, I guess.
1: Not yet. That
2: that like your physical, you don't have to worry, you don't have to, you, you don't have to have a physical standard. You don't have to have a, it, it's more of a mental and yes, you do have to have a talent for it. Because I know that I suck at online games. That's why I don't play them. Because they <laughs> frustrate me. And it just, so I think, To call it a sport is kind of a misnomer.
0: I'll agree. I'll agree to that.
2: However, there does take some talent, and I will hand it to them if they're able to do that and make a living with it. Great. More power to you.
0: It is not an an athletic endeavor. There you go. There you go. It is a more mental endeavor. mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And there is something to be said about that. Of course, you use your thumbs and your hands, and in certain cases, probably other parts of your body. But you're not doing this to the point. And I say, you are had, you talking
1: about head keyboard head keyboard?
0: You, you don't need to be in esports to be banging your head on the keyboard. Well, well,
1: no, I'm. I, mean, I was thinking, you know, other parts of the, you know, when you fuck up, and right, right. Like,
0: oh, God right. damn it! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so but you're not pushing yourself to the point of absolute physical exertion like professional athletes do there is an exhaustion point that is different it's right. mental mm-hmm. right. and that is a di- that you know that's from a different it's a power different, source in the brain much like right. running a, you know different down the adrenaline. field or around the, blais- around the bases or swinging at a golf club
2: different adrenaline right Mm-hmm.
0: Your body re- will react differently, and the science is there to back that up. So let's not confuse athletics and athleticism,
1: right,
2: right,
0: with the term esports.
2: And that's right. why that's why I think it's ridiculous to put it in the Olympics. But there is a niche for that, and mm-hmm. maybe they need to have their own Olympic style competition. Um, I'm not knocking that. It's just it doesn't belong with athletes. I don't think that that's the niche. I don't think that's the platform that's best serves anybody.
0: Well, let's let's look at something that can be kind of considered on the fence, let's say. Uh motocross. Mhm. It's not necessarily an athletic skill, but you have to have the ability to be able to control physical acumen yeah, is required. <laughs> exactly,
2: and there is there there is a niche for that, but it's separate.
0: Right. It's not like a monster
2: b- trucks. I mean, same type of thing. It's. Uh, it's I'm saying that there's <laughs> there's a niche for almost everything. Oh, right, there right, is. but it but it it but doesn't. But it needs ha- to be separate. Not. You're, you can't confuse the two
0: when you're talking motocross. And you look at the Tour de France. Mm-hmm. Okay. The Tour de France has a legitimate athletic element to it. And there's also, and I don't want to bring bureaucracy into it, there's a governing body right. Over, right, right. over that. With motocross, there is, of course, official rules and regulations and things like that. But the criteria are different. Much like with with uh, with esports it follows a certain set of criteria but again it is not an athleticism mm-hmm. not ath- athletic it's not an athletic event
2: to call it a sport is a, is a misleading it's a mis- it's, yeah.
0: it's misleading yeah.
2: it's misleading yeah
0: and i think people need to be fully aware that of what of what this is but we won't know what that is until we have a baseline of how the esports uh, how esports itself is going to be—I hate to use the word regulated—but mm-hmm. how it's going to be regulated and governed, right? Ran And any athletic mm-hmm. body from amateur pro, amateur pros, like and college pros, even high school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everything has a governing body and is regulated, right? To meet certain standards of athleticism, ability, competency. And if we're gonna call esports a sport, then those same or similar standards ought to apply. Right. And they probably will have a very difficult time being able to translate things like that to esports because of the lack of athleticism that can be attributed to being in a video game tournament hall or.
2: But they can have things their like own, this. But they can have their own. Standards and they can have their own rules, but it just has to be separate because they aren't going to be held to the same standards.
0: Right, and and, and I and yeah. I and I fully agree with that.
2: And I'm not, like I said, I'm not anti-gaming, but you need be realistic.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. even I mean, even the I mean, after first uh, after acquiring Twitch, the ESPN president uh, John Skipper himself said, "Esports is not a sport; they're a competition." And I've I've watched a uh, t- I mean I, I was you know re- researching this one along with the Red Hat stuff and so I was like okay what D- East, I mean it just to me it sounded like this whole this huge nebulous thing like a, a lot of these like a lot of nerds that have spent you know their you know their teenage years in their and their mom's they haven't left the room in twenty years yeah. <laughs> and, and you know what just I I mean. Granted, I very much resonate with that. I mean, I'll totally, I'll totally admit, you know, spending year, years in my teens and twenties on this stuff. But um, just like, how, like, how how does it work? How, how is this all set up? And so, I watched a a couple. Uh, uh, a couple documentaries that uh, which I can't remember their names right now. Um, I just I searched esports documentary on YouTube and <laughs> it's like okay this one's forty five minutes I'll watch it. Um, but uh, I they they it was like a behind the scenes, behind the scenes look at you know the the esports you know the the quote unquote the the players and the and went in and you saw like the amount of prep preparation and the the team dynamics that they have like all all the locker room conversations and like po- post game hey you know we you know all of that stuff and that's that's really when it kind of clicked for me is that okay the the in terms of men- mental Pre- preparation and 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 that kind of thing. There's not much. Again, I'm not including physical acumen in this, but the a lot of what the the kids I I saw because you know they're 19 20 years old. <laughs> um, a lot of what I saw them going going through are the same or you know same or similar challenges that they. Joe Sakic had to go through go through one one you know tr- uh, go, and as as far um, as far as you know making sure you're hunter hunter prepared and you know and and studying game game film and you know make it so from from that perspective I don't I mean again from the mental perspective that I mean it's it that that i mean, I mean that's kind of included, it's like okay these these aren't just like kids playing vi, playing video games they're like being i mean this is a this is a real real thing here to that point
0: uh you brought up something about mental about preparation and something that uh in this whole uh question of our esports sports and i touched on this earlier about A governing body and regulations and such the of course we don't know if this is even happening but in any competition I'm gonna just be a blanket statement any competition should any competition I'll put this question out there should any competition then be subject to if it wants to claim itself as A sport, an athletic endeavor, a sport, be subject to drug testing for performance-enhancing substances. Absolutely.
2: I was just thinking that, yes.
1: Well, I don't see why. I mean, even if they weren't, if they didn't want to be classified as a sport, I would say yes.
2: It's kind of... It's not, you know, I I I have a lot of respect for their mental acuity. I think that that you can't you can't not be impressed by that if you're looking at this. But I I think that there just needs to be better regulation, better, better... oversight. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like esports is simply a misnomer. It's just a. The term is, it, is incre- it absolutely is a, yeah. It's just a it's just a label, but you really have to look at what it is and what it isn't. And I understand esports is just it's easier than saying e competition or video, video game, game com- tournament com- yeah. or. It, it's just it's it and it, there's a it's a blanket. It's not like okay, mm-hmm. well the John Madden is a certain kind of tournament. Um, it's just the esports kind of is an umbrella over all of the mm-hmm. sports involved or all of the games involved but yeah the drug testing definitely and and and
0: how does that impact sponsorship dollars also yeah because it all is going to come back to money oh yeah
2: and you're also going to have to okay how many hours are you required to practice in the week? And what does practice. that practice and what does that, practice, in, what does that <laughs> practice involve? What does that I mean, you need if you're gonna have professionals, they need to be held to certain standards if you are getting paid. Right, right. This is their livelihood. You just can't have you know, Joe Blow because you spend five hours a day sitting in your room playing this game, you aren't necessarily going to pee. Oh
1: No, mo- most most of yeah. them are sitting sed- sitting in front front of the plane playing it like twelve hours a day.
2: <laughs> I realize that. But what I'm saying is you can't it's have crazy. the amateur you can't have the amateurs with the professionals. Right. And what does what what does what does being a professional mean? There needs to be those standards. Mm-hmm that is, if you're going to be part of a team, if you're going to be part of a league, okay, this league requires A, B, C. Right. And you can't, and drug testing has to be a part of that. That's part of the regulation process. Now, I am going to go out on a lens and say, hey, stuff like marijuana, I have no problem with. But if it's going to be a st- something that a gives you an edge, yeah. something that gives you, you're going like, to have coffee.
1: Like energy drinks? Energy <laughs> right. drinks. And that's, and that's drinks. why I
0: say, is this going to impact sponsorship revenue? Because right. yeah. there's going to be all of that stuff involved.
1: Oh, oh, I, oh, I know for one that that there's a there, there's a team that plays across multiple games that is sponsored by Monster. <laughs> You're
2: going to have that because and some of those tournaments are not twelve hour tournaments. Oh They're no, eighteen hours at a time um, over the course of four days, or, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so. But you're gonna have something that's gonna have like let's say you're playing fantasy, what oh, what is that game? Uh fantasy four or whatever that is, um, for example, don't shoot me, I'm not a gamer. <laughs> and but that's gonna be different than somebody playing Madden. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be way different. So it's just I need uh, there needs to be better information there needs to be better standards and recognition that it's not a sport by the own you know by their own mm-hmm. ESPN even said it's not a sport, it's a competition. but I understand why they kind of label it eSport because it's just marketing simpler. buzz term yeah it's a simpler term but educate the public the you're also get some, you'll get viewership that way. Mm -hmm. Um, and you'll probably lose some people who think it's one thing and discover it's another thing. Okay. That's not for me, but Hey, it might be for my brother or, you know, you're, you're gonna, it's all in how it's marketed and education. And I just don't see a lot of that. I see the tournaments. I see the yeah, the growth of the, the growth of the industry but I don't see a lot of marketing behind it
1: yeah there it's it's still very very much early um actually there's I did um actually while, while we've been having this conversation uh just kind of this one idea has kind of been bub- um bubbling my brain here so um I will use... um since all, all three of us are hockey fans I'll I'll, you, <laughs> I'll, um, I'll use that but I'm uh, familiar with a- avatar, right mm-hmm. so um, they, in order to make them look like blue cats <laughs> they they used a motion capture system, so they wore mm-hmm. skin tight suit with white dots all over them, and they had reference cameras from all different directions so again say. It's, now let's say you set up six six in, individual ones um take take like Pepsi center or what or hockey arena and you have six you know six players on both both sides dressed up in these you know these suits and they're you know they and same same thing with their sticks and obviously you set up these gantries in a way so that they can turn turn in all all directions and not and not hit anything (laughs) with the stick Mm. and they're wearing and so then they so they the computer system knows where they are kind of and um like facing directionally and proprio position and all that and in the hockey stick they have like a directional pad that um that is i want to skate this direction or that direction and they're all wearing vr head headsets so that they know where they're where they're they can see where they're at in in the rink and then for and then for the uh then you know you have multiple screens set set up you know so that you know for the spectators and and um so then, you know, you're not having to ma- maintain, uh, you know, re- refrigerate the ice. You have no, you know, zam- Zamboni to to maintain.
2: I wouldn't watch <laughs> it. There's something to be told. There's something to be said for actual sport. I like hockey for a very specific reason. I like hockey. Not this imaginary
0: e-hockey
2: (laughs) e-hockey would suck for some people, but there is that niche. Mm -hmm. Some people would really be into it, but I would not watch it. I like hockey because I like hockey. I like the ice. I like the Zamboni. I like the, the buildup. I like the, the fights that break out. They're my favorite. Um, the, yelling at the referees when they make bad calls. I like all of that. There's something that's part of hockey that is incorporated in all of that. That, to me, is the sport. You take one element out, and you've lost me. That's my opinion for what it's worth.
0: This is where we start getting into semantics. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because... You will have a hockey player and a hockey player, but one of them is the athlete; the other is not. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and yet, both are legitimate. Are they? there's a, there's a there's a place there's a place for the. I don't want to call him a fake because that's not what I'm trying to say, but the the virtual, the virtual player um, there's a there's a place for that there's a niche for that. There are people who would enjoy that
1: well I...
2: and you can't you can't illegitimize something because you don't that's not because your you, don't thing. Yeah, well, you don't understand I, it because you don't understand it exactly. I,
1: I, Again, this 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 it's is a pure just, hypothetical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, we have the technology to do it, but um, we um, obviously it'd be very expensive. But um, maybe they, the reason why I,
2: they haven't done it is because it's expensive. It's expensive, and it's no one would smart, see it, and no one
1: well, would see it. Well, well, so is you know. But but um, but you can. But uh, again, this wasn't a fully formed thing. Right. But I, I just thought that from a player's perspective. It would it would be more realistic than you know sitting down playing playing an Xbox controller or something. There's still some there's yeah. still some, you know, you still have to you know know how to do how to move your hands to do a good wrist shot and you know and that you're still getting a lot of the intricacies that you get at as a player. So again, this, this just came 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 up as we were talking. It's a I little more athletic. It. Mm-hmm. It's a little
2: more. I
0: don't think so, because when you're talking about a full 60 minute period, a full 60 minute game, physical, your physical acumen wears down from the first puck drop till the final buzzer. And if you have someone that's playing in a virtual arena, they're not going to be putting those same demands on their body.
2: Exactly. And it's not the same. It's just not the same. The terrain's not the same. You're not dealing with the same challenges like staying upright <laughs> <laughs> I mean just even your stance you're you're not gonna be
0: you're not gonna have to worry about falling off Chris Prager coming to crunchy in the corner <laughs> exactly. if you're playing in a virtual <laughs>
1: setting
2: exactly you're not gonna get you're not gonna have to worry about penalties because no one's going to be anywhere near each other. Um,
1: well they, I mean in, in, in the game though well, yeah well. I mean, you could, you could still high-stick st- high someone in, the, in, the, in this thing and still be put in the box two minutes by, by yourself, yourself. and Feel you shame.
2: <laughs> but it would just not be the same. And for me, part of the reason why I enjoy it is I enjoy the full experience.
0: And part of sports is entertainment.
2: Exactly. Mm-hmm. There is that. And, and football is not my thing. But I know why people my mother is a militant football fan. I understand why she enjoys it. And if I sit if I walk into a football game, the thing I don't like about football is it takes so damn long. Um, <laughs> with hockey, you know, hey, you get mm-hmm. X amount of time and it's over. For um, eighty two games. <laughs> 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 but with with I understand why people get into football because there's there's a there's an artistry to it, and there's entertainment, and there's I get it. It's not my sport, but I understand why people get into it. For that matter, you could take any sport, including golf, which to me is the most boring game of yeah. life. But you, there's something to be said if you're if you're into that. I understand there is this buildup and there's this tension and there's this. I get it. And, I understand. And,
1: and there, I would say that golf requires as much physical acumen as the vir- virtual hockey thing that I just described. I'll
0: I give would almost—I would go a little <laughs> bit further, just a little bit, with golf.
2: Golf is not the best example, okay? But I'm just saying that you could also—you
0: you, yeah. got to make it past the lighthouse somehow, right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Wrong kind of golf. <laughs> That's miniature. I'm talking big.
0: Why can't mini golf be as legitimate as real golf? Hey, See? hey,
2: See? Okay. Th- he makes a point. Okay, you make. Hey, you just twisted my words, <laughs> but yes, I get your point. And it is legitimate. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying it's not a professional sport because no one has sponsored it yet.
0: <laughs> so for those of you kids that are going to college right now <laughs> listening to this podcast... <laughs> That are in business and and sports uh, sports practice. Here Miniature you go. golf
2: is where it is. <laughs> um, but you know, I'm just I, I just don't like I don't like the professional video game players being called
0: athletes. Athletes,
2: because it's not yeah, the, same. The, the same. I had the well, are same. Are they using that term?
0: Are they using uh, the term
2: athletes
1: for? Now, I haven't heard that I'm just no, saying I j- if, if if they if they have it was just, I mean it was just like a one-off thing and I totally but, no, it, but it's they're not saying it's professional, not part of, yeah it's not part of their their regular jargon from what I from, they're saying from the professional programs players, I've seen
2: which is the indication well it's the implication, it, you play it's the implication that and contact sports is different than right golf for example but so, anyway, I think we. have But
1: I mean, you can. I mean, you can be a player and not an athlete.
2: Yes, but they're using the. <laughs> but if you're get, if you're pro- if you're professional and you're getting paid, have a better term, and don't call it esports because it ain't a sport.
0: You can't call it e-commerce. <laughs> <But> <laughs> yeah, that's already been taken.
2: But yeah, it's already you taken. You could, but. <laughs> yeah. But I understand why they just slap the label on, but they need to have. Better,
1: mm-hmm. better branding. Better yeah. branding
2: because it's it's a misnomer. So, wow, I think we beat but, that <laughs> into the ground. But
1: but yeah, if if this stuff was around when uh, I was in college, because high speed internet wasn't really a thing until like right before I graduated. <laughs> but um, if this you kind know, of thing was, I I would I totally see myself getting into it. <laughs> see, I, <can laughs> I, see I it. wouldn't though. No, I wouldn't.
2: Now, I can totally, Matt wouldn't, and you would, and I can totally see it from both sides. But, you know, hey, if they if I had known about, that I could have been a professional colorist for the comic book industry when I was in school, what do you think I'd be yeah, doing? Yeah, exactly. So there's a lot out there that we don't know or hasn't been, and it now- Hasn't
1: been invented yet. And yeah. now,
2: and now the colorist is all done <laughs> on the computer. Yeah, which, exactly.
1: Which- <laughs> It's not Adobe or, you know. It
2: kind of removes the artistry from it, but I understand. But it's very important to that industry. So I don't know. There's just a lot of things. Had I, th- I known,
1: I think I think it's like it's one indication of like of the ev- evolution of technology, right? That Sign I think, of the times. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that the, uh, but I, I can see why the Olympic Committee is considering this because you can you just set, but I mean no from from a cost <laughs> from a cost perspective, here um, you have to go back quite a long ways to I mean when you're talking. Talking, spe- you know, sp- with uh, olymp places places that have held the Olympics, you have to go back quite quite a ways to see see you know when they act- when the cities have actually made money from the endeavor because it is a huge expense. Not not to qu- quote a certain a certain leader, <laughs> but I mean it is a pretty large fucking expense that does that doesn't pay off for many many years whereas with with uh the again I, each uh, video video game competitions you 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 have um, it, the the economic
0: impact isn't this, isn't as seismic
1: exactly and you, you there there's more up, upside to you know kind of uh,
2: well you could say that for In the last few years, the X Games have become very popular. And I can see the X Games being part of the Olympic arena.
0: Well, Well, athletes who participate in the X Games do go on
2: to to participate in Mm -hmm. the Olympics.
1: And I think uh, some of the events that were started in the X Games transitioned to the Olympics at, at, at some point.
2: I, I'm, I'm the reason why I say the X Games and reference to to the video game industry is I think that there I think there is a niche for it and I think that you could have the Olympics just make sure that it's its own little thing. That I don't want it. The Olympics is long enough, and it is, and I don't want. I could see the video game part of it being at four in the morning, which is not fair, which is not fair.
0: I know what I'm going to be doing at that hour. I know it's not. Yep.
2: It's not fair, (laughs) but it's, it's, I just think it, it, it's not going to be for everybody and people are going to change the channel if that stuff's on and it's not their thing. So I think they just need to market it well. Mm -hmm. If they're, you know, I think it could be done. It just... You got to be smart about it.
1: Well, and the and I know that the uh, what someone in IOC leadership has said that if we are going to incorporate these into the Olympics, they're un- they would have to be under the same um, un- under the same you know re- regulations, in meaning that there's no depiction of of, of, viol- of violence, and right now a lot of the most pop- popular ones and you know enable you. Kill, killing people but i mean there there are there are some that are more uh that are more a- athletic in nature so
2: right. the madden or games or to, for yeah, example exactly. yeah for example so if, and there are the golf games virtual golf
1: if esports
0: becomes an olympic sport before shuttlecock is reintroduced i will eat my
1: hat <laughs> 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 yeah that's a valid point yeah
0: and right. if you don't know what the term shuttlecock is, look it up.
1: <laughs> and it's not dirty. <laughs> Unless you make it that way.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so isn't, anyway. that bad ga- isn't that Batgammon? Ga- bad Badminton? There we go. There Badminton. Go. <laughs> Badminton. Badminton. <laughs> Badminton.
0: So anyway. I, think I don't know it's what just the hell called, I just, just called it, Batgammon back, is a board game. Yeah.
2: Oh, Batgammon is, okay. So
0: and if... Backgammon becomes an Olympic sport <laughs> oh, before God. shuttlecock does. I will eat my hat. <laughs> yeah. I can say that because I am wearing a hat today.
2: <laughs> it's a nice hat too. Thank I'd you. Hate I would. Ha- I would hate to eat this. I would hate to, and that logo and everything. I would hate to have you eat yeah. that.
1: But anyway, anyway, so I think we've beat. beat I think that. we beat this yeah. to death. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, that's uh, an, an unintentionally ironic segue for this uh, latest for this part before we uh, we close out for today. Uh, just uh, something I want to share with everybody. We are recording this podcast on November eleventh. Uh, today, uh, November eleventh, uh, twenty eighteen, is the one uh, hundredth anniversary of Armistice Day, and I'd like to uh, to share on the podcast. Uh, this uh, this piece uh, written by uh, Major John McCrae, who is a Canadian doctor and a World War One uh, artillery artillery uh, commander. The, the the piece is in Flanders Fields. In Flanders Fields, the poppies blow between the crosses, row on row, that mark our place, and in the sky. The larks, still bravely singing fly, scarce heard amid the guns below. We are the dead, short days ago we lived, felt dawn, saw sunset glow. Loved and were loved, and now we lie in Flanders fields. Take up our quarrel with the foe, to take you from falling hands we throw. The torch be yours to hold it high. If ye break faith with us who die, we shall not sleep, though poppies grow in Flanders fields.
1: Okay. <laughs> I did, I did. I'm. I'm sorry. I don't have much reaction.
0: <laughs> There's really not meant to be one. That being said, I think uh, this is a good time to uh, put a bow on
1: our show for today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. <clears throat> All right, we do, th- we do thank you for listening. Uh, we do appreciate any feedback. So please comment using the channels found on the contact page at hovpodcast.net. Please check out our YouTube channel at bit.ly slash hovpodcast underscore YouTube, all lowercase. And if you want to stay up to date, please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or TuneIn.